Welcome to the Producers Happy Hour with your hosts, Sister Christian and Lawrence Lewis. We are two producers chatting over drinks about what it means and what it takes to be a good producer. So grab your budget, grab a call sheet, grab a drink. You're going to need it. And let's get to it. Because making shit is hard. It is fucking hard, <laughs> Christian. <laughs> I just like giggle every time because who's listening that requires a beep when you say shit? <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's, it's comedy, you know. It's it's for the show. It's uh, you got you got some theatrics, right? Um, <laughs> like like uh, making stuff is hard. Stuff, stuff. Yeah, we could just ADR that, loop that one little. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm so glad to see you, Christian. Uh-huh. It's been um, it's been a heck of a couple weeks and for both of us, I know, and we don't get to hang out nearly as much as we used to because we're both so busy. But uh how are you doing? Yeah, an opposite coast always, you know, like yeah. you know. Exactly. Well, thing I mean, I'm okay. Um I know that you're on a hell of a job. I just finished a fabulous job that I'm very excited about. Ooh, can you talk about it? Um you can can no. I talk about it yet? <laughs> well, I guess, um, no. <laughs> okay, f- fair enough. Like all our jobs, can you talk right? About your, exactly, exactly. I cannot talk it. about my job at all either. So, so. well, there you go. But uh, trust anyway. me, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big one. Um, but we are back finally with the podcast again, doing uh, our we're continuing our, our Meet the Crew series, where we interview folks who we work with and support every day on our jobs. And that means we're out to find their definition of a good producer and what it takes to give them the tools they need to do their best work. And so today we're chatting with a first AD, and not just any first AD, we're chatting with Kate Greenberg. Kate, whoop, whoop. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome Thanks to the show, me. Kate. <laughs> um, so what are you drinking? First off, let's get this out of the way. Like, this what is you happy drinking? hour. What are you drinking? I'm having an, it's an anomaly for me. My happy hour is tequila but i put my children to bed and it was chilly and so i'm just having a little glass of pinot oh all right i'm assuming you're in la right i am in la yes are you in new york yeah so where oh, yes oh shit it's so, late for you mm. <laughs> yes but i was excited oh. about um you know meeting you because we've heard so many lovely things where in la are you that it's chilly right now i'm on the west side of la i'm in mar vista so it's yes. uh we have a nice ocean ocean breeze it's good Little breezy. Mine's rattling. It's a little breezy. The dog's all curled up in between the two kids, That's thinking so. about making some room for me if I ever get back into bed. <laughs> Perfect LA night. I'm on wine too tonight. I'm Excellent. on uh, a little red wine from Prophetess, which is a, a Paso winery called Sanlige. It's lovely. Christian, oh, what are you fantastic. drinking? Well, I have a dirty martini. I have a Topo Chico, and I have. Um, Where's my third drink? I had, I had, mm, I'm not sure where the third one is, but yeah, it's been one of those fucking days. I'll tell you, um, and there's been several. Oh yeah, (laughs) I remember. I had a weed drink about 30 minutes ago. Oh, there you go. Oh, good (laughs) you. I know. I was worried about cotton mouth. I was like, I'll go with drinking instead of smoking. That's more appropriate for being audio. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not so much in the mood, but maybe, you know, liquid courage to talk to two producers about being a good producer. Well, liquid courage to ask you the questions, too. There you go. <laughs> it's a light Tuesday night for all of us. <laughs> right. 
All right. Well, let, let's get into this because Kate Greenberg, I've worked with Kate for years. Uh, she's got 20 years of experience. She's a very accomplished DGA first assistant director, and she's an up and coming commercial director with an intense passion for shooting cars. Can't wait to hear about that. Kate has collaborated with some of the most talented and award-winning directors in our industry. She joined the DGA on the Oscar-winning feature Little Miss Sunshine, directed by commercial duo Dayton Ferris. From there, Kate went on to work alongside such accomplished directors as Gnome Morrow, Stacey Wall, Lisa Gunning, Dante Ariola, and Spike Jones. Welcome, Kate. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for joining us. And I got to talk about Dayton Ferris, my God, and and Little Miss Sunshine. A, I didn't know you did that movie. B, that was one of the best experiences ever. I first started to learn about directors through my young years watching music videos. And of course, Dayton Ferris did all the Cyndi Lauper music videos. And so I just knew their name as a little child. And then, of course, found out, you know, the rest of their career. And here we are in the in the same industry. So anyways... First question for you. What else did you do besides becoming a first AD? Did you just wake up one day and you were an AD? Did you work up your way up on set? Did you were you in the office? What was what was your life before you were a first AD? I well, I was the first AD on the sixth grade play, guys. <laughs> it was a foregone <laughs> conclusion what I was gonna be. Uh-huh. What was it? Scarlet so, Letter or I, what? I, like, I, do you yeah, remember no, the play? Was, I mean, <laughs> I'm three generations of women in the Directors Guild. My mother was the first woman led into the DGA as a first AD ever, ever. So, uh, I mean, needless to say, everybody in my life said, please don't be in this industry at all. Um, But I, it, it was, it was in the blood. It was in the personality. I did one trial day at a coffee shop in Marina Del Rey called the Cow's End. I think I made it through half the day. And I was like, this was definitely not for me and walked out the door. And then I, I did work my way up. I, I was a PA for ever. I was a PA for God, I was a PA for my mother when I was like 16 and then kept going, you know, when I was in trouble in high school, the punishment was go on location with mom and be a PA. Oh, darn. <laughs> there's no trouble on location in Vancouver when you are a high school girl. Right. Um, right. Uh, and then I, I was fortunate enough to meet a first AD on a, on a Spike Jones commercial in 2001, Thomas Smith. And he, he took a liking to me and I took a liking to him and he made me a teammate and we were partners for 10 years and he put, got me on Little Miss Sunshine and I was the second second on Little Miss Sunshine. And then we did commercial after commercial and movie after movie. And then one day we were standing on the set and he said, you're done, kid. And, uh, and I was no longer a second AD. I was the first AD. And like, I time to move week, on. That was it. Ten years ago. 2009. It was a shock. I was standing there. It was like November. The last minute, you know, set up or something like that. We were doing one extra shot. And. Thomas looked over at me and said, you're done. And he didn't mean like, we're going to finish the job. He's like, I'm going to finish this one without you because this is the time where everybody works and you're done. And all I thought was, fuck me, it's November. You don't kick somebody to the curb in November. Yeah. It's Christmas presents. Right. But he was right. He was right. Everybody works in December, even a new first AD. And that was it. Now 2022. I mean, that is amazing because, you know, I, I know personally I ran into... Uh, you know, when you're moving up 
um, sometimes you get the moment you have a little sense of like, okay, maybe I want to start producing and you talk to your producers about it as a production manager, or maybe, you know, like you get one or two responses of like, sure, let me help you. I'm going to give you jobs. And the other one is like, great, you're a threat. I'm never hiring you again. Yeah. So, it's, you know, like you keep your mouth shut, right? So, so, I mean, that's fantastic that he pushed you out the door. It was great. It was great. It was so scary, but so great. Well, since you did come up the ranks, like what was the biggest surprise about transitioning from a second to a first? You know, I I hope this doesn't come off as arrogant, but I, everybody that I run into now is like a PA to a second AD to a first AD in seven and a half minutes. And their career is reflected because they're not working that much. (laughs) But I was a second AD for 10 fucking years, man. I put in the time when he kicked me out of the door, it was long overdue i mean i was the, the there are things you don't experience on a set i was the tech scout scared the shit out of me i have to run a tech scout i've never been on a tech scout but yeah but i was well trained and i put in the time i didn't say okay well i've been in the guild for 150 days i'm going to pay my dues and now i'm upgrading on first day i was i had to be ready well side note do you i mean like do you find that that's what happens with women though, in general, like we wait too long until we're, we're overqualified in order to take the next position or maybe our generation of women? For me, maybe it was because I was a woman that I knew that if I pushed too hard, too fast, I wasn't going to get the opportunities that I, I needed, but it also, for me, it boiled down to knowing that I could do the job and knowing I exactly. could succeed in the world of 65 to 105 grown men staring at you. Mm-hmm. Do I think that men don't look that way? Sure, you know, but but I think I and you as well probably were in this business before it was a fad to be hired as a woman. So I made it on my own. No, but I'm, it just I'm was having harder. a profit off of it right now. Yeah, man, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm sorry, directing car commercials at a time where women don't direct cars? That wasn't me seeing something that was a profitable moment in time. Right, exactly. It's okay to capitalize off of the obvious. Exactly. And I think that um, I think that we wait for long enough to understand and know that we're overqualified for the position. Right. And then um, then when we take it, we know and we're, you know, you've done the work, you've done the time. Right. And I think that that doesn't always happen with everybody. Sometimes people just call themselves something and they think that they are. Yeah. Yeah. I- <laughs> that happens across the board. <laughs> very true. Very true. All those positions. So it's an it's an interesting thing to to hear you talk about. Yeah, being the only woman on sort of the the woman running running the tech scout, and you've got you know a bunch of dudes looking at you. All the directors you work with, I'm sure there's some females out there. I only know my experience. You only know your experience. But like when you're working with uh you know a male producer, a male director, a male production designer, do you how do you feel like you have to take a different approach to how you interact? I think as an AD, I'm a chameleon no matter what, just like you guys as producers. We have to just yeah. be different for every situation that we're in. Men, women, whatever your pronouns are, it, you got to be a real chameleon in this business now and and in the past. I meant what I said. I got in before it was being a woman was the thing to hire. So, I, you know, I I only know how to play it the way that I play it. And I, I, I understand the game. And I wasn't really offended by it. I've had plenty of offensive moments. I've had plenty of female me too moments being the 19 year old on set to now the age I will not say. So I, you know, but a 20 year career nonetheless, you know, my mother was told that she couldn't do it because how was she ever going to drag a 50 pound, you know, or 50 year old 200 pound grip off the set when they're drunk. I've never been asked that and never had to face that. I 
played the game the way I needed to play the game. I got the crew to like me the way I needed them to get to like me. And when it, it came time for me to be the boss, everybody respected me. And that was part of putting in the time. It was yep. part of putting in the female charm. It was part of putting in the giving the mutual respect and setting the right tone. Do I think that it's because I'm a woman? Sure. But that for the better, not for the worse. I think I got the command that I got because I am a woman and I was able to use the tools that I have, all, all facets of the tools that I have in order to get people to respond to me. I agree with that. And I feel like um, we, uh, you know, we wouldn't be where we were today if we weren't qualified, right? Exactly. I hope that I've paved the way for some overqualified women to step up sooner. You know, like... <laughs> but not too soon. I don't want anybody to step up too soon. <laughs> I just mean sooner. I just mean sooner, but yes. I mean, I think that um, being like, try like um, every day I wake up and I hope I set out to try to be the example that I didn't have. Right. Because you had your mom. Right. And not everybody has that such a close and like amazing example. For sure. For sure. Exactly. So you work obviously close in collaboration with producers as a first AD and as a director. It's two different. I'm sure you work with producers differently depending on what role you're in, because I know. But well. (laughs) <laughs> just depends, right? So we um, use our, our, I've used all of my brain for both jobs. I right? get both sides. I think it adds value to both sides, actually. Well, so I find that um, over the years as a producer, um, you know, the, the prep time is shorter and shorter. So sometimes whenever I have an AD um, start a tech scout, I basically have to hand a, a, you know, a film day schedule over at the beginning of the tech scout. Because there was no time to for anybody to prep before that, and it you know it really depends on the AD on how well it's accepted or not. Like, what these days do you find um, is the most important thing that a producer can contribute to you as a first AD? I mean, I don't ever mind a schedule being handed to me as long as there's some flexibility. I find that the the best thing that I mean. I, I consider as a director and as a first AD, the producer is my partner. I mean, you know, I, I am a director's AD, but I, I did come from production first. So the first, the first part of the job for me is being in line with the producer and making sure that we are on, you know, on the same page with budget, that we are each other's ally. There's only one way to get through it. So, so, and, and as a director too, but I appreciate a schedule being handed to me. I don't appreciate coming at me with, with no flexibility to it because it just doesn't allow for our brains to meld together and make something that makes sense for both of us to be thinking about. But, but I mean, I think the most helpful thing in prep, you mean for a producer to do for me before the job starts. I mean, I just, I, I appreciate as much information upfront before the scout, because even if I'm being handed a schedule that day, I still am expected to stand up in front of everybody and know what I'm talking about. And everybody wants <laughs> answers immediately. And I'm like, started the same day as you did, Key Grip. I don't fucking know. But sure, my job is to make up answers. Okay. I'll fake it till I make it. So if anything you can give me that I don't have to fake is kind of nice. I mean, you know, if I know in advance that the grocery store is going to be open that day and right. we have a hard out and you budgeted for 14s, but you need me to be in a 12, at least I can get my head around the full scope of what the expectation is going to be at the end. Cause we know the tech scout is all about sure, 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 sure. You can have everything you want until the mm. producer and I walk away and say no fucking way. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, that's, you know, I mean, Lawrence and I have had a number of smiling and nodding tech scouts. Where we walk away and we're like, <laughs> no, 
None of that. So, you know, you can't, that's the best that I can get from a producer in advance of the days of the job starting is like, give me everything you got download on me first and then let's, you know, be open to working it out. (laughs) Well, so if that's what you, um, if that's for the prep, then what can, how can a producer support you on the shoot then? Like when, once you've moved into the shoot? Oh gosh, I guess. I mean, once the shoot has happened, like, unless we're really far behind for me, the best way that a producer can support me is, is like really managing the agency so that I'm not getting texts and, and, you know, walkie jabberish, gibberish, jibber jabber about, you know, notes. Like if there is no way for you to be able to sit in video village and not have them scream at you for not calling me on the radio right away, then at least like send me a text that says, I'm going to throw a bunch of shit at you because I have to. And just know that I'm posturing for these guys. And I know you're going to get there, but I get it. Because <laughs> that's really what that is. Like, just be prepared. I got to talk now. And you don't have to listen, but I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> I will walk right up to you and be like, okay, so pretend I'm yelling and I'm going to do this. How was your day? While I'm like pointing and, and like gesturing. But yeah, I do that. Just didn't, it just needs to look like I'm saying something. It doesn't. I mean, how often? I mean, you know, we all know that there are tons of times that directors and DP are yelling at people. They're not yelling at you. They're yelling to the other person because they want the third person to hear it. So, I mean, a producer is my ally in that. If I need to say to my producer, like, this is absurd. You got to put a ha- you know put a handle on this creative guy. I'm not talking to the producer. The producer is doing everything the producer can do. I'm talking to the directors so that they understand that I'm. You know, we're all getting yelled at. But you know, it's like. You have to know, and it's important to know, like, and it takes time to have relationships with people, but it is important for a producer and an AD to get shorthand real quick, really friendly, really fast so that you know that if I'm talking to you, I might just be putting on a show and I need to know the same thing. And, you know, it's when you have it with a producer, it A series of blinks. Yeah, a series of winks. Yeah. You usually know behind the eyes. (laughs) It's it's part of being a chameleon, right? Getting shorthand with the people you work with really, really quick. And that goes to my my next question is, you know, sometimes you have a long-standing relationship with a director and all of a sudden you get teamed up with a new producer because maybe the regular one wasn't available or, or whatever. Or the director's son all of a sudden becomes a you know something <laughs> so <laughs> many son, options whatever <laughs> so many does options. it does that change how you does that change your workflow does that all of a sudden you know when a new person's coming in and you know exactly how this director likes to work do do, do you feel like you need to communicate more with the producer to to make the transition easy I think that I am a pretty good reader of people. It takes me very, very, very little amount of time to know if that person, this new producer is going to be an ally to the job or not. And for me, it's either we'll go around them or we'll work with them. If someone is just not, if it's just not going to be a mind meld, if it's not, you know, if I know how to play the director and play the situation and the producer is needing to assert their position and not really wanting to work within the way that we know how to work, but work their way then there is a great political way of working around somebody and still getting it done and not making anybody feel bad, but doing it on your own. Or somebody picks it up really quickly and and you're like, okay, look, I'm going to catch you up to speed really fast and you're clearly receptive. So I'm going to tell you if there's something that I feel like is something you need to know about the director for this to work out well, and then we'll work great together. But I, you know, I don't, 
I'm old. I don't suffer fools anymore. I don't have a whole lot of patience for people who come into a job and they know that everybody knows everybody and they really need to show. And I hate to say this, but a lot of times it does happen woman to woman that you need to show me that you know what you're doing and you don't need to prove shit to me, but you feel like you need to. And instead you're getting in your own way. And we are not going to be able to do this because there's no time. It's a commercial it's short form. I'm going to go around you. We're going to do the job we need to. And I'm, I have a very good rapport with agencies. I have no problem overstepping without being obvious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm sure I work with a lot of producers who would say, oh yeah, she does that. That's so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel, it feels like, um, well, confidence can be called a lot of things, but in the end, you're still, you're just doing your job. Right. And it's, right. And it's, and it's, it's commitment to the job and it's commitment to seeing it done and avoiding the obstacles. And that's, that's, that's what we all are trying to do is identify the obstacle and avoid it. Yes. And a lot of times, yeah. And a lot of times it can be the producer, depending on the, <laughs> the experience oh. level or <laughs> ego or personality. Right. Um, well, so what thing, what are some things about being a first AD that people often overlook or producers don't quite understand? I, I mean, a producer who knows what they're doing understands the job of the first AD. I mean, you guys know this. I think producers and ADs alike are abused. Their time is abused. Nobody's time is more abused than a producer's time. I mean, you guys start a job and a director thinks that you're on call 24 seven. The only thing worse than that is a staff producer or an EP whose life is completely committed to their directors who get no free time. In, in my experience, producers are pretty good about boundaries with me a little bit because I do go above and beyond. I think it's important. Once I start a job, I'm in it. But you know, it isn't fun to work three days unpaid and then have your prep day, but all of the emails are coming through and clearly the work needs to get done for everybody to be able to function. I mean, it's not hard to make a shoot schedule for a commercial, whether it's a two-day shoot, a one-day shoot, or a 10-day shoot. It's not hard to put a shooting schedule together once you've got your brain wrapped around it. But physically doing the work and putting it on paper and troubleshooting stuff in the one or two days that you're given to prep is sort of unrealistic. And it's a little bit unfair. And it's not even the pay. It's just the recognition of the time. It's just the like, we're in it together. This is camaraderie. I know this sucks because I'm having to work when I have a day off too. And if I'm going too far or we're asking too much, let's have a conversation about it. You know, but, but let's stay within boundaries for each other. I'm super grateful for that. I'll never charge an extra day. I'm not that person any more than I would charge the extra overtime if I know that I'm done 15 minutes later than the extra, you know, than, you know the extra hour. Like I'm not that AD. I don't money grub. I work, I'm a team player, but, but treat me abusively, which is to say, don't recognize that you've asked or that you've taken more time and asked more of me than what you're willing to compensate me for. That just doesn't feel good. And I'm kind of over not being made to feel good by that. Right. Especially when I work with new people, I, uh, when somebody asks me to bend my rate, I'm like, well, I don't, I'm unable to give you 80% of myself. I give a, I have way more than 100%, yeah. so I'm not willing to get paid less. Like, there's no way I can give you 80%. So there's no way I'm fucking getting paid 80%. No way. Yeah. Especially okay. with all the shit, especially with all, everything that you just said, like, is all yes. balanced in that as well. No, it's true. And I actually have taken to, I think maybe even we've done this before, is that I... I understand the way a job is bid. I understand that that the bidding process has changed and that the idea is to get a job. And yeah, we're not bid our street rates. I mean, they're maybe bid for what 
scale is or whatever, but street rate is not the same. And, you know, I'm worth the money that I asked for. Or what a cost consultant wants it to be. Or what a cost consultant (laughs) is worth. Um, But I do, I I do uh, respectfully say to a producer at the beginning of a job before I'm booked, if I'm taking the job at X amount of money, which is $100, $200 less than my rate, then if the days are done on time, and we, whether we come in on budget or under budget, but if it has directly to do with the fact that I was able to make the days or come uh-huh. under all the days, then I would like my rate retroactively. Damn and right. it's usually uh-huh. a good incentive for both of us. I mean, we both totally. work hard at, you know, producers, it it's doesn't fair. screw me. It's fair. I understand that tip. if we can't make it, then we can't uh-huh. make it. And you know what? I'm taking the job and I'm not going to give you any less just because I took less money. Once I take it, I take it. That's not, I don't mess yeah. around with that. Exactly. But That's why I don't take end, jobs for less money because I can't. <laughs> right. No, right. I, I get it. But look, I And then somebody have... calls you the next day and you're like, shit, a full rate, <laughs> green yeah. screen stage job. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be too bored. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the nail on the head with that, um, you know. It's not about the money. It's about respecting the time. You know, there's a there's a movement right now with pr- produce, producers and production teams called Stand With Production, and they're fighting for, you know, some sort of control over the time that we spend on these jobs. And the only trigger to prevent that is is overtime or weekend rates. And it's like, it's not the money. It's the respect of the time that's being asked for everybody on these jobs. The, the industry adapts, like, immediately anyway. Like, you know, yeah. just look at what we did with COVID. Like, we we adapted within three months, and we were able to work. Like, it just... It, and, look, for all of the people to be screwed on a job, a producer and a producer's team, is like... It's we like control the money. It's like getting food for, on a low-budget job. Like, you just don't do that. Everybody knows. No right. money, best caterer. Still. It's like having yes. a party without a keg. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you want the job to go well. It's a, the lowest budget. You add three extra days for that production team. You know, and it's not, you're right. It is not about the money. It is about the regarding of their work and the and respecting their commitment to the project. And then you will get what you need. And it's just, you know, we all need to be made to feel good. We are in thankless jobs. I did not take a spotlight job. You did not take a spotlight job. Right. We do not get thanked. Like, right. You know. Well, I'd like to think the type of producing I do is a spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that I could be considered a spotlight producer, but please well, go on, Kate. <laughs> like, just give me a chance. I'll show you. I mean, it's not. <laughs> We've all had our moments in the sun. But, you know, yeah. when your thanks is taking the agency and the client and the director out to dinner at the end of a job, I'm thinking that's not so There's much no thanks in that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no, hold on. Watching I think we need to dispel a myth right now. Booze themselves to death because this is their time. Uh, Party. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> the thanks comes in extra I know days. What I want after <laughs> 22 days with you people is to take you out and watch you get drunk. Yeah, that sounds that like a sounds ton great. of fun. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, Kate, you said it yourself. We've seen so much change over the years in this industry, how jobs are bid, how jobs are run, and, and everything that, that's going on in between. Are there is there a new skill set that people need to have, not just producers, not just ADs? Or are there new skill sets we need to have to be able to manage these jobs that are that are produced so differently than than they used to be? Well, for those of us who have been around as long as the three of us have, patience and tolerance would be the new skill that we have to develop because 
the YouTube generation that's come in and taken over and arrogantly thinks that what they think is filmmaking is filmmaking makes it really difficult to talk. But, you know, that's commercials. You know, I mean, I, I talk to everybody who's over at the MBS stages who are working on Mandalorian and working on Boba Fett and they're back in time. They're working on real projects with real filmmakers who really care. So, you know, is there, are there new skill sets? You know, sure. There's new language. I mean, we're working in times of COVID we're working in times of me too movements. We're working in times of pronoun scenarios that are different and, and, um, sensitive and we have to be very open and very incorporate new language into our dialogue and into our vernacular that we did not have before. And it's important and it's, um, and it's, it allows for inclusivity. I mean, it's, but I, I think that's really the, the biggest new skill set in all of this for me is not in the last couple of years. I mean, the, the jump in the skill set was when all of a sudden it was really important to know what a blade shot was and everything that went mm. along with it. Like all the new ADs coming in. They, oh they, shit. They, I remember know, the first time I, I heard mean, that. I remember when it was like, we're doing what now? And now I have to know what wood what is. <laughs> I mean, you know, I didn't the tell the, the our department we needed what? plates. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big learning curve. Like that, that to me was when my job went from, I understand my job in using film and rolling a camera to this is definitely changed. Now it's a consciousness level and a, and a socially a human level aware mm-hmm. level. That's, com- it, it's not the, it's not the filmmaking brain. It's the human brain that has to adjust now. And, Part of me is is sad that I haven't had a filmmaking brain adjustment in a little while, but I am open and excited about the rest of it. I mean, I was talking to a writer friend and she was like, I got to tell you, it's like, it's like new language. It's like, you know, we have to incorporate words we've never incorporated before. And, and it's an interesting time to really be a writer and to think about how you address people and how things are, are said and spoken. And, you know, so that's interesting and cool. I mean, you know, everything has its place and everything has its adjustments and that's, but that's my, that's my like forefront of mm-hmm. like, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. social consciousness and language. That's great. I mean, I think that I, I, I 1000% agree with that. I work with kids a lot. And so, um, coming <laughs> who will absolutely, I mean, uh, inclusivity and um, sustainability and equity, all of those things are, uh, should be at the forefront of our minds. So yes, like I, I 1000% agree with what you're saying. Well, to switch uh, switch it up a little bit, we'd love to know, because um, I have a unique ability and I'm, I'm, I'm sensing you probably are the same there. I can learn from somebody else's mistakes. I can see something, some shit going down over there and be like, I do not need to do it. <laughs> I do not need to do that to understand that I should not be doing what's happening over there. So do you have any common like pitfalls or anything that, you know, production teams or producers you, to see that, that you see happening that maybe we can teach a lesson here that somebody may can learn from listening versus doing. Yeah. Learn to listen before you do. <laughs> Thanks everyone for coming. Have a good night. Thank you. <laughs> And mic drop. She said it. <laughs> she said it. I mean, that's it. Stop talking. Listen to what we're saying. Listen to what the director is asking. Listen to what the producer is saying. Listen. Open your ears. Shut down the brain of I have to talk and just hear what we're saying and move, uh, you know, and, and then go from that. But there is so much defensiveness and like instant need for 
jumping on. Oh God, I, you know, I did uh, this excuse and this is what. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <sighs> also, headline, don't tell me the byline. I don't need it. We're busy. Ten words or less. <laughs> you know, you're in the in the motorhome and you're doing whatever the fuck you're doing. Please don't get on the radio and give me 75 words of which none of them I can hear because I'm listening to seven other things. I need the three main things you need to say to me very quickly and sign off. So yes, but are listen. you sure you don't want to know why the homeowner's car is still parked there and why like last night they could not move it and the keys are lost? You don't need to know that shit. What are you talking about? I agree. Oh and like, God, and I funny. also, I mean, I tack on and say like, it doesn't, I mean, how we got here is irrelevant at this moment in time. We can, we can go through yeah, that later. I mean, and, that, and that, Post-mortems are fun, but not now. So let's, let's figure out how we're going to fix now versus like how we got here. Cause I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Maybe no, I will later when we're drinking yeah, over I mean, tequila. I would love to know later what happened, but like right now let's just get it done. Let's just fix the problem. I, I you know, and one thing I do that I have to say, like, I learned from my own mistake doing this. And I, my second idea, and I talk about this a lot, that, that there are, there are things that happen on a job, every job, or, or maybe it's every other job, but something happens where it's an oh shit moment. You know, whether it's that the makeup well, artist is super, producer, super late that has the, <laughs> <laughs> somebody has something that didn't make it to set. Somebody did something that's fucked up. That's going to fuck up the whole day. Like it, something is an overwhelming problem that if it doesn't get fixed, it's a real problem. There's not a steamer. Like, I mean, whatever. I mean, there could be a million things totally, uh, but we are, I urge anybody that's bothering to stay up and listen to me say this. I really strongly urge as many people to go through the steps of trying to fix the problem before you present the problem. Cause that's the thing that we do wrong. We present the problem while we're trying to fix it. And then the shitty thing that happens is it gets presented to somebody like me or somebody like you guys, and we digest it for as long as we can. And then there's no follow-up and we get a little bit uptight about it. And then we say something to the director and then 20 minutes later, the person who originally came at you has already fixed the problem. The director never needed to be made aware. I never needed to be made aware and it's over and it was for naught. So go through all the steps first, solve the problem. If you cannot do it without me, then involve me, but don't do that before you've already done it. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to come to me, tell me all the things you're going to do and give me the timeline so I don't screw up and put the problem in somebody else's lap when I also, I am faulty of that. You know, I, I, we're human. I mean, I, I right. would say the wrong, I'll say it too soon. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Lawrence. I, 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 when I was a, when I was a coordinator, I had a PM turn to me and yell at me and say, all I'm hearing is problems and I want to hear solutions, which was, you know, like I learned, I learned from that, but I mean, as shitty as he was to, you know, put it in a very aggressive way when I was clearly crying and there was problems happening. It was a very green coordinator, but it, it, I, I was like, all right, fuck you. Guess what? I'm not like, I got it. I got it. Thank you for that harsh lesson that I just learned. But yeah, and I won't work with you again, but yes, all of the things, but that you, but the way you put it, like we've not heard that before. Like in the, in the three years we've been doing this, like that is a great, like, you know, just work it out. Cause you do, it's not because I'm being a dick and I'm like, well, fuck you work out your own part. Because you do. If you're a good producer or a good producer, person, production person, you're really good at this. You just need to be confident enough to do it yourself and then come to me 
because if there really is a problem, but like how often guys, like what one out of every 15 times it has, it can't be solved. And we have to right. punt. like, then we punt. <laughs> then it's a real problem. Rarely. I will ask though. I will say something like, um, are you, could you accept a funny story right now that hasn't been solved yet? No. Okay, great. We can do this later. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I try really hard to wait until somebody says like, Hey, you know what happened? If we want to jump to that scene, can we do that soon? I'm like, funny. You should say that. I'd like to try. (laughs) I think I need a little bit of time. It might be that the direct, that the actor is drowning in a river. It's unclear. I'll let you know. <laughs> TBD. We'll get back to you. <laughs> the last I heard was they're fixing it. <laughs> last I heard, he was getting towed out. It was going to be okay. Do you have any advice for any PAs or young people that are coming into the industry and and uh, have their eyes set on becoming a uh, an AD? Oh, do I? But please, Kate, that's for you. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, avoid it at all costs. No. I want to hear what your advice is. Because mine might be, slow down. Learn. Look before yeah. you leap. I mean, no shit, guys. Just because you got 600 days on a set does not mean you're ready to be an AD. And I got to tell you, there are starving people, starving second ADs who thought it was a brilliant idea to put their book in. And now I'm a second idea. And guess what? You're not fucking hireable. Like, if you really want this job, don't look at me and tell me that you can't hear 16 things at the same time. Don't sit here and complain to me about how you need to, you can't compartmentalize and you can't multitask. Like, you want to be a good okay, person. I, know, I, I think like, I know who you're talking about. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't, there, there are anomalies out there. I mean, I will yeah, say, I course, know ADs that have, had to have their doors knocked down because they were too wasted from the night before and they still get rehired. But since that's not me, I say unto all of you youngsters who want to do this, know what you're doing it for. It's not a world where you can just come in and think I can be fine. Fine is not good enough. You need to really want it. You need to really bring it and you need to bring it every single day. Don't look for the attaboys. Look for the education. Really, if you're young and you're eager, really don't talk. Really just listen. But listen with a good ear and listen with the intent of having an opinion. And then ask the opinion quietly of somebody appropriately when it's the right time. But you know, but ask and and be involved and listen and and you know, I think I think aspiring to be in this business at all is a great thing. I think aspiring to be an AD is awesome. Be creative and be pragmatic. And use both brains and, you know, never be offended by either one. Have little toes and don't believe people step on them because that's not what this job is. And above all else, set the best tone and always assume responsibility for absolutely everything because ultimately the buck stops with you and there can no longer be this world of it's I didn't because some no, 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 no. Uh-uh. I'm the big uh-huh. man. So uh-huh. You're the grown yeah. up now. As the grown up, it's your fault. Something happened yesterday. I got a text message about something that was between one crew member, a producer, and myself claiming that something had been discussed on a tech scout and that we had to have something happen on the set today during a pre-light that was obviously never discussed because the producer and I would have been on it. And I mean, at least one of us would have been, but it was very clear that it was like the third party screwed up and didn't say anything about it and didn't but really was not ready to own that and just was like, when is this happening? And I told everybody about it. And it was like, you know what? 
it's on me because I knew this was happening and I knew that, that we were doing this on the set. And so therefore I should have had the forethought to think that we would need this extra thing to happen on a prep day. And so I take responsibility because I'm the first AD and that's the job. And so be that person, have that integrity because it's really important. Don't pass the buck. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's so accurate. Well, we'll follow that up with, um, tell us about your move and then directing. I imagine it's a big shift from ADing. <laughs> what have no, you found to be your it, biggest? Not with it's, cars. With cars, the big shift mm. is that I have to work less hard. <laughs> I got amazing. really lucky, guys. I mean, I, I got tapped on a job. I was on a commercial ADing and a client came out of a, of a bus and said, what are your aspirations? And I told him that it was to wrap the day on time. And he laughed. And then he said, well, what about after that? I was like, really? I want to wrap the day on time. And when he asked me if I ever directed, I told him that uh, I do every day. I just don't take credit for it. And he took me out to dinner the next day. And <laughs> they hired me to shoot a running footage package in Montana. For Amazing. And it was a really lucky thing. I mean, I won't lie. I was a really lucky girl. Yeah, it's not got- luck. He recognized this was, talent. This was, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, that was, I was going to say, I was really lucky when I was young. I, I, you know, my mother was an executive producer at a, at an A level company. I was always asked about spec spots and do I want it? Do I want it? I just wasn't ready. It wasn't the thing I wanted. And it wasn't because of the opportunity that I was given, which was unbelievably fortunate, but a hundred percent earned. I mean, we had exactly an unbelievably strange situation happening downtown where a director didn't show up to a, a shoot in the early, early morning. It was a crazy day of like early, early, early morning, having to shoot this stunt scene and then do a full night shoot after that and there were very intricate people who didn't come and i ran it and it was great and i had the confidence to do it because i I do it all the time and it was recognized and then i was asked to do it again for real and i realized when i was asked that i knew more than i thought and that i was i have a voice and i may not just have a voice, but I also have a very pragmatic one where I understand exactly what it is that I'm doing here. This is not filmmaking. This is commercial filmmaking. This is advertising. I'm here to elevate your idea, make it as much better as I can possibly make it. But at the end of the day, I'm selling something. So I'm going to sell it for you the way you want it. Because I'll be fucking damned if I'm going to be the director that sits there and fights back when a client says, shoot my fucking shoes. Like, we're here to shoot your shoes. I'm going to shoot your goddamn shoes. Like, I'm not here to make epic art. If I want to do that, I will go direct the Mandalorian if I can. But, like, that's not what this is. This is helping an advertisement be as best, as good as it can be. And so yes. I, I think I'm good at that. I'm mm-hmm. good at understanding. I can, I can articulate what people are looking for. I'm an excellent people person with the agency and clients. I, I listen. I want to. And, and I want to give them what they want. And if there's a piece of me that I can throw in there that helps to just make it a little bit, maybe it's not better, but just different. As I ch- tell my children, you don't have a better idea. You just have a different idea. Right. It may not be better, <laughs> but it's my version of this. And right. so if I can offer it from both the experience that I have and, you know, my take on things, then I will, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a fun challenge. It's a new challenge. I don't know how many mic drops we're allowed to have in one episode, but I think we surpassed our quota. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm how okay with that. I, talk? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, in my head, I was just thinking, like, I wonder how many times she's had that discussion with her director um, as an AD about, like, listen, do you really fucking care? 
Like they want, they want this. Could you just give it to them yeah. you know, without why? being a dick? Yeah. Can you That's just do this? Your job. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Oh no! I can't have oh, that yeah. conversation. I go to you and I say, "Oh my god, please have this fucking conversation with the director." They, it's just a commercial. Ha- give them their version. You want your version? Fine, but give them what they're give asking. Give them theirs. I'd have to assume that as the AD, you've had to do it for a bet for a producer who isn't up to. Yeah. No, I, I just I know that. Um, uh, if if there was a coin flipped on set, you would probably be the one having it, especially if you were with a, oh, a yeah. not an I mean, experienced I, producer. I like to think of myself or a producer, a, player, a party producer, I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a party producer. We're all together. <laughs> if I need to, I can do all of it. The money is on you guys, but if we need to, like, we can we can do this. We can make it happen. Tag team, tag you're in. That's right, exactly. Kate, thank you so much for taking the time to have a drink I with know. us tonight. Oh, and I know gosh. you've got thank an you early call tomorrow, time. so we're going to let you go. I do. Well, thank you, you guys do. so much for having me. Yeah, but me. I could keep talking. <laughs> hey, what's the, <laughs> thank what's, you. The, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you if you so choose to allow people to get a hold of you? I mean, gee, they can. I, I'm an excellent texter. Uh, or they can, can email me at katiegirl24 at mac.com. Um, or you can text me. At a number that I will give you if you email me at kgirl24 <laughs> at mac.com. I love it. <laughs> and then, Lawrence, how can people get a hold of you if they want oh, you? Oh, you know, two ways. Voiceoflawrence.com for my voiceover work. Ding. And uh, lawrencetlewis.com for producing. Christian, what about you? Sisterchristianproduces.com. Y'all know. Y'all know where I'm at. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Bye, guys. everybody. Thank you Bye, so everyone. much. Have a good night. Bye. And a good day tomorrow, too. <laughs> yeah. Thank Tell you. everyone Enjoy what's the time. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Producers Happy Hour was brought to you with the help of Christopher Daniels, who is a design and branding specialist, and Eric Beals, who is our podcast editing wizard. Thanks for listening, and remember... Enjoy Happy Hour when you can. Because making shit is hard. Ah, what are you going to do?